Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Goal Line Podcast. Today's special guest is Jamie Cleland. He is currently the goalkeeper coach at Monmouth University in New Jersey, uh, connected through social media and just had some mutual friends. And turns out we were just talking and we were at the same sports management conference at uh, Centenary in 2016. Small world. But uh, Jamie, thanks for coming on. What's up, Jesse? Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, it's great. It's great to have you on. Um, so first, you know, we were talking pre-show, I guess, if you will. And um, coming over from Scotland. So after high school, you took a year off and, you know, we'll kind of jump right into it. And then you decided to come to school over in the States. Now, was this something that you always thought of doing and like you always kind of dreamed of playing over here in the States or how, how did that, that idea come to fruition? Honestly, it's funny that you say that. Um, it really wasn't an option for me at all. You know, growing up, I, I just had this dream of, of being a, a pro football, you know, all, all I really focused on was playing football. Um, you know, I'm saying football here and not soccer. So that's kind of funny. Um, so yeah, I literally, Wait, yeah. <laughs> literally, I literally grew up playing football my whole life, wanted to be a pro footballer. Um, and it came to a point where, you know, I was, I was playing in a pro youth academy um, and I was getting kind of offers to play first team, but I really wasn't sure what I was going to do. And I was kind of just like going, going through high school and, you know, I didn't really have too many options of what I wanted to do after high school. Um, in Scotland, I wasn't really smart enough to get into university there. So uh, my parents really wanted me to to come out to America. You know, they, they put the option on the table for me. And it wasn't really something that I thought I want to do. But I met with this agency. Um, and the, the agent was the manager of my youth team. So I knew him well. So it wasn't like I was going into the... To like an uncomfortable zone but um he was showing me videos of of people playing in america and you know i, I kind of progressed from there and it got to a point where i was like you know what this is this is where all my eggs are going to be um and eventually i was i was getting offers um and i just really wasn't sure what i wanted to do um i made my first team debut when i was 16 and i remember funnily enough um, I had the UAB, it's called University of Alabama, Birmingham. They came to watch me at that first team game. So they literally came all the way from Scotland. Wow. Um, and it's funny because I'd done my SAT in the morning, had to get my dad, I couldn't even drive yet, had to get my dad to drive me all the way through to this game. And then I had the UAB coach watch me after. Um, but honestly, it just didn't work out. The guy thought I was too young for some reason. So after that, I just decided, you know what, I'm going to take a year out, which as you said, kind of made me NCAA ineligible. So I went to small um, NAI school, NAIA, sorry, school in Maine um, with the option of then eventually transferring um, to St. Peter's in Jersey City. Um, so yeah, it kind of went from there. But pretty much to sum up your question, it wasn't at all my option, but honestly, the best decision I've ever made was coming out here. For sure, for sure. So, when you came over to the states, what was that? Was it a culture shock for you? You know, I knew. I'm sure you had some kind of expectations, but what was it like coming over to uh, play in a small NAI school from Scotland? Yeah. So honestly, at first it was super weird. Um, I obviously got off the plane, got picked up. Um, obviously, Maine's kind of a it's a big state, but it's, everything's kind of smaller together so the airport the closest airport to school was like three hours away so we landed um and the the coach picked us up you know and 
we're like i'm in the, i remember being in the car and it was like three hours in the car i was so tired from all the flights and like i swear like i didn't see anything like it was just all trees and then eventually like three hours later we get to this like town um you know it was in the fall so the weather was beautiful all these trees um you know it definitely was a culture shock um everything was kind of like bigger and better seeing all these like pickup trucks and everything it was just right definitely, definitely super different um but like you know they're good different like i i definitely uh definitely enjoyed the first like first week like because you know i literally landed stayed over the night and then started pre-season the next morning so it wasn't really like i had i was thrown straight in the, i literally was thrown straight in, the, straight in the deep end sorry i was literally off the plane stayed over and then you know, I was straight into preseason double session. So I was like, I was meeting the guy straight away. So I kind of acclimatized to that straight away. Yeah. And so then you had, so you played there for two years and then decided to transfer. And yeah. then now wa- walking in as a transfer to a division one university, you know, what, what was that kind of environment like? And then what maybe were some of the things that, that you enjoyed from your experiences playing at an NAI school and then going to a, a division one school? I mean, it was super weird because I'd come from a level that wasn't obviously as good as Division One. Um, I went down in my junior year. I took a trip down from Maine to Jersey City and actually saw the school and stuff. So I kind of knew what what was there. I wasn't really going into it blind. Like I'd met the coach, I'd met the assistant, I'd met the team. Um, so I wasn't really going in blind. So actually going there um, for the fall was I don't know I felt comfortable, but Obviously, I knew I had a lot of expectations. Like I transferred in, um, and I knew they wanted a lot from me. They they wanted they wanted me to start straight away. So I literally went in as the starting keeper. Um, so I I felt a little bit of pressure. You know, I I was definitely I'd come from a point where I was playing at NEIA, where the school I was at was really good. You know, we were kind of a big fish in a small pond. Like Maine, the level wasn't too good, but our school had a ton of internationals, so we were good. So we had to travel really far to play to play good games but and and st peter's it was literally like every game we were playing was tough like there was no game you were going into that was like you know this is going to be this is going to be a a game we're going to win it's like you know every game is going to be close so i definitely felt a lot of expectations and i knew as a keeper that i was going to be tested that way um you know, we, I remember the first non-conference game we had, we went to play University of Pittsburgh. And, like, I'd been in a position where I'm playing in front of, like, you know, a couple of parents to... We were playing at Pittsburgh. Um, there was 800 fans there um, right. playing on this beautiful campus. And I remember vividly, uh, Pittsburgh, they have, like, a little stand behind the goal and they had, like, a bunch yeah. of students stood behind the goal and they were, like, shouting my name, trying to put me off. Um, they'd obviously gotten my name from like the, the the roster right right so it was just like I'd gone from a position where you know I'm just chilling in Maine to you know I'm in Pittsburgh and I have all these fans heckling me you know it's kind of funny but you know that, that's what you want to be playing you know you want to as an international I want to be coming over here and playing in those types of atmospheres um, but definitely good, yeah. good good different and I feel like I adapted really well um, you know St. Peter's is 20 minutes from New York City um and preseason we we done our um we done like a lot of our preseason stuff in Liberty State Park which literally looks over to the skyline so we we're doing like strength and conditioning sessions in the park 
Um, I remember taking like a picture in front of the skyline after like being there a week. So right, right. definitely, definitely adapted well and definitely an experience I would not, not change. Yeah, for sure. Um, side note, I love, I love getting, getting heckled by the fans. That was my, that was probably one of my favorite things. It's so funny because it. It, if, if they're good at it and like, to, to me, like I was just like, some people like, <laughs> I don't even know how to explain it, but it, you know, people would make fun of me, but it was in a respectful, but funny way. And I would look over and I would laugh. I'm just like, man, like, how do you, how do you guys think of these things? Like, I, I yeah. would find it hysterical. It's funny because I come from a country in Scotland where everything's super aggressive. And like, you know, mm. I come to America where they're heckling me, but like, they're not like swearing or anything. It's like, they're like, yeah. they're like, you suck. And I'm like, I'm kind of looking at them like laughing like this is not even like any like this is funny <laughs> this is funny right <laughs> so, Dude, you know. I had, so yeah not to get off topic but there was one game that i was playing um where the, these fans it was susquehanna so um these fans were looking at our team's twitters like they, they had to google our names they were going through our twitter and and they were taking information based on like our personal lives from our like twitters or facebook's whatever it was and then using that as trash talk which i thought was incredible because like you guys took the effort to do that like you know applause that's a lot of effort that's a lot of effort (laughs) i remember we were playing st john's in new york and i remember them shouting my mother's name so they're like yeah my mom's name caroline so they were like yo jamie how's caroline and i'm like in my head i'm thinking like you know these kids have literally gone to the effort to go on my facebook to find my mother's name and they're shouting my mother and I'm just laughing like this is funny right. like the effort you guys have put into this yeah. like <laughs> respect <laughs> yeah exactly exactly but um all right so we'll, we'll get back on topic here so yeah when, when you're when you're at St. Peter's you know and you're going through those first couple of weeks of preseason and you and you said that you adapted pretty well you know what was it about maybe the coaches or the environment that the team created to help you you know a new transfer adapt to their team culture and environment honestly i think a big thing that helped me was there was a ton of internationals the coach was english um so i really fit to his style of play um and also one huge thing that helped me was one of my buddies his name's jack fisher um he transferred from barry university in in miami Mm -hmm. so we literally transferred together you know we got off the flight got picked up at the airport together we roomed together so because he was kind of in the same position as me um that really helped me adapt because it wasn't like I was that lone transfer you know we were kind of both in the same boat so we kind of vibed off each other that way um you know we we kind of done stuff together off campus so we kind of like fitted in that way because I wasn't just as I said I wasn't that guy being myself I I fitted in there and you know it's, it's college soccer so like you know you're training every day and like everyone's welcome and everyone's part of a family and everyone all you know wants one goal is to win games so I feel like no one kind of puts you in a bad atmosphere no one really like heckles you or anything it's like you know everyone you're kind of brotherhood um mm. I remember in preseason the coach had us doing a bunch of stuff together like you know when we weren't training we were doing like a little initiations um, right he made I remember he made us do these like he put us all in groups and we had to do these videos. He was like, he's like, you know, you guys have to do a video in these groups. So we went into like New York City and we were like juggling the ball in Central Park. We done like an MTV Cribs kind of thing in the dorm. So like just like silly things like that, you know, right? because obviously we show up two weeks before the regular students. So there's not much else to do when you're not playing soccer. So we were around each other all, all the time. So like 
when all the kids actually came to school, it was like, you know, I'm already two weeks in with all these guys that are my buddies. So, um, yeah, no, that, you know, I, I love that. Cause it's, it's something that's so little, but it, it allows you guys to really, you know, just get to know each other a little bit more and be creative and, you know, just do something where you guys can just be yourselves and you don't have to feel like you're trying to, trying to not impress, but just trying to, you know, fit in where it's just, it's, it's something that'll just come natural. So I, I really, really like that. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's a huge thing. You know, I was obviously nervous going in there, but the fact that I had my buddy there with me, I, it, it helped me a ton. It did help a ton. Right. Absolutely. So, uh, so side note guys, uh, Jamie was actually leading, I think what your senior year, you were leading the NCA and saves or saves per games. Uh, so St. Peter's coined him the safest hands in the NCA, which I guess is a fair assessment considering he was the number one uh, statistical goalkeeper. But um, so while you're playing, when did you realize or when did you think that you wanted to start to get into coaching? So honestly, coaching, I never really thought about it much until maybe about a month or two before I'm about to graduate. Um, obviously, all my my eggs were in the basket of playing professional soccer. Um, and after you know a couple of months, I realized being an international kid, it was going to be super tricky. Um, you know, I went to a bunch of like tryouts and, you know, they only had like 10 roster spots for international. So mm-hmm. I figured out it was going to be really tricky. Um, I had options to go play back home, but, you know, I would, I would be giving up everything in America to go home. So my parents were, were literally like, like, don't come home. Like, you know, you've made a life there. So stick to it. So I remember sitting down with the head coach who obviously has a bunch of experience in like New Jersey youth soccer. And, you know, mm-hmm. we, we spent about an hour and we were talking about my future and um, he gave me a list of like maybe like 10 coaching companies. Um, and I'd done my research and I looked into them all and kind of the best fit for me was UK Elite. Um, and I went to meet with them, went to interview, you know, it was a good atmosphere and, they had a lot to offer me as well because I need, they offered a house for me. So they had a house, a car, um, which really was something that I needed because I would have had to kind of get my own apartment. But the fact that they put me in a house with a bunch of other coaches was helpful. So that was kind of what sparked sparked their offer to me. And then since then, you know, I've been coaching. But that was pretty much it. I'd never, never thought about getting into it at all. Like I said, until about a month before I graduated, and you know, I've not not looked back since then. Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, during your time at UK Elite, what were you just coaching at camps, or you know, what what exactly were you doing for them? So I was pretty much doing at the start. I start obviously we graduated in May, and I started. I remember started June first, and I started June first, and literally the day after I was on a camp. So the summer, the way it works is like you have a summer schedule um of like camps and you're literally doing like camps every week you know you get told on a sunday where you're going to be on a monday um and you're either doing like a nine to twelve camp or you could have a nine to four you could be doing an evening camp like a five to seven right um so you literally have to kind of do what they say um you know it's just like little summer camps with you know recreational kind of kids right right and like at the start I, i really did enjoy it because i was getting my feet wet into coaching because um, I've been that I'd come into a position where you know I'm literally a player and like a month later I'm 
coaching players. So it's like it's a super yeah. different atmosphere. And I, I try to tell people that now that are finishing college, like, you know, start to think about coaching because you know, you're going to be a player and you're going straight into coaching now. It's, it's such a different change. Like when you're on the other side of that white line, you know, it's, it's, it's a crazy difference. Um, but my kind of, my schedule straight away was, I was, I was coaching every day. Um, and I was loving it. I got enjoy, I super enjoyed it. In the summer I was doing camps and then come the fall time, they gave me a couple of teams. So I had like a, a U9 girls team. I had like a, U10 boys and then I had a high school age girls team so I had like three teams so I was I was busy um and then on top of that we were doing like they had like little additional programs that they had us doing so we were busy and I was coaching a lot putting in a lot of hours um right but like the they gave you a lot of development as well so we would go to like staff trainings where there'd be like 20 of us and they would put on sessions for us so I was I was learning every day you know every time I, I set foot on the field I was learning um and like looking back on everything that I learned at UK Elite, um, I don't think I would be where I am right now without them. Like I, I don't think I could, I don't think I could have gone into a position that I'm at right now without being at UK Elite. Um, so I learned, I learned a load from them, a load. That's awesome. That's awesome. So let's rewind for a quick second. And for sure. What I want to ask is at St. Peter's and even at uh, in Maine at your NAI school, what were some of the things that your coaches did? Uh, I know you touched a little bit on St. Peter's with the team bonding and the videos and stuff, but what, you know, in terms of in other things like that, what are some of the things that they did well uh, in terms of kind of making, making an environment and shaping an environment for you to succeed in? Well, the whole thing that, that drew me to America was obviously you're pretty much going to be a full-time soccer player for four years. Um, and that was my goal from when I was a little boy. I wanted to I wanted to play soccer full-time. Um, even though I didn't get to do that where I wanted to in Scotland, um, I had the opportunity to do that in America. Um, so the fact that they treat you pretty much like a pro, you know, you're in preseason, you're doing double sessions, they're... At both, I know, I'm talking about both schools here. You know, they give you, they give you cleats, they give you gloves, they give you all this gear. You know, they give you um, scouting reports. So, you know, they they set you up to succeed. Um, so it literally depends on how you take it, then how that how you're going to do. It, you know, so they they don't set you up to fail. They're they're there to help you. Um, you know, they tell you what what to eat if you get injured. You know, there's four or five sports med guys. You know, they got ice baths. They got all this stuff to help you, um, and you literally are a pro. You know, you played um, college soccer too, but mm-hmm. as I feel like you are a pro. You're like a step away from being pro. You're at the highest kind of amateur level in America, um, and they do, do treat you like like you are a pro. You know, like even they're checking up on everything you do. Like you got you got to pass your classes in order to to play on the team. You know, so. Right, you know, they're there. It's not like they're you're there. It's not like your coach is just there to coach you. You know, they're they're there to to figure out how you are as people. You know, so there's a lot a lot that they do that's similar to that of a full time player in likes of the UK. Um, so I feel like they do they set you up to succeed. It just depends, like I said, how you how you adapt to those situations. You know, absolutely. So, um, so now going back to your UK elite. So after you finished with UK elite, you kind of just decided to to do your own thing. So what was, you know, what was that decision to leave UK elite to decide to venture out on your own? 
so I, I mean, I got to a point where, you know, I I learned a lot. I'd been eighteen months. Um, I I'd, I'd started a full time job with them, and I, you know, I was doing office hours. I was in the office from ten to three, and then I would be coaching from four to like eight thirty. So it'd just be like really busy days, um, and I kind of wanted to just venture out into my my own little thing because obviously I was a goalkeeper in college and I love goalkeeper coaching and with UK Elite I wasn't getting too many options to do goalkeeper coaching you know I was I was coaching all these teams all these rec programs and I really wasn't getting the opportunities to do goalkeeper coaching and that was my bread and butter that was my baby um Mm -hmm. so I'd connected with um with some people and and they said you know we might have an opportunity for you here um so i got on a job with arsenal soccer schools um so it's basically arsenal fc um in england right but they're it's called arsenal soccer schools which is yeah, yeah. their american club um so it's literally a whole organization they had like 15 teams so i was pretty much the full-time goalkeeper coach there so i was working like three I think I was working three nights a week and then I would attend games at the weekend. So I was enjoying that. I really enjoyed that. Um, and I was literally getting my feet wet into goalkeeper coaching because I hadn't done too much of it at UK Elite. And I knew that's what I wanted to do um, as what I knew best. You know, I did enjoy being a coach on a Sunday, you know, and, and being in charge and doing the formations. But at heart, you know, I'm a goalkeeper guy. That's what right. I wanted to do. So I kind of decided to put, you know, I've been talking about eggs in my basket. I put all my eggs that I had at that time in the goalkeeper coaching basket. Um, so, yeah, Arsenal soccer schools. Learned a lot there. Really, really enjoyed it. Um, I was also working at a retail store kind of during the day just to kind of make money as well. So I would be doing that a little bit during the day till like, again, 2 or 3 o'clock, and then I'd be doing all my coaching at nights. Um, but yeah, wouldn't change it again. Learned a lot about goalkeeping, made a lot, a lot of connections. Um, I learned a lot more about kind of the American uh, soccer pyramid, as you would say, like the whole EDP, right. ECNL, yep. the DA, well, what was a DA, the National League. Um, so I learned a lot about the American soccer pyramid from that. Um, but yeah. Yeah, so so as you're starting at Arsenal and your first role as a full-time goalkeeper coach, did you have some type of training philosophy or coaching philosophy or was it kind of something that you just slowly developed over the over the years and you you kind of just hopped in and worse and kind of said just yeah, I'll learn on the fly and develop as I go or did you have something set in your head? I honestly didn't have much set. Um the way I wanted to do it was the way I was taught um so I went into it with advice from my goalkeeper coach St. Peter's guy called Paul Reese I learned so much from him um so I pretty much went about my business the way he kind of went about his sessions at St. Peter's um so yeah I would say I didn't really have any philosophy I literally had done from him um so, you know, I was kind of going into it blind in an aspect that I didn't have any experience in goalkeeper coaching. I was literally a goalkeeper um, and an outfield coach, per se. Um, so I was I was going in blind, getting my feet wet. And, you know, it's something I, I really enjoyed, um, really enjoyed being hands-on. You know, you're only really working with 
I was working with maybe four or five kids as opposed to a full team. Um, and I found you can be a lot more hands-on right. in a goalkeeper session. Um, and you can actually learn a lot as a coach from the keepers. Like I learned so much from yeah. other guys, younger guys. I learned a lot from the other coaches. Um, I learned stuff that in about a month or two that I didn't learn in my 18 months at UK League. Um, yeah. So, right. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. So as, as you're going through and, you know, starting to develop your kind of goalkeeping curriculum, your philosophy, did you kind of feel yourself grow in certain areas? And if so, like what were those areas that you felt yourself grow as a person and as a coach? I honestly just felt that I was gaining more confidence as a coach. Um, I'd be doing, I started doing things um, that I was learning kind of online, you know, I'd started kind of watching, uh, watching videos of, of keepers, you know, a big, a big one that I love to watch is the England ones on YouTube. So yep, I'd be watching yep. that stuff, you know, learning from those coaches um, and just learning every day and, and learning a lot about myself. Um, as I said, I, obviously I got confident, uh, which allowed me to kind of go out of my comfort zone and start coaching things that I wouldn't have done previously. Um, uh, I was kind of coaching. Obviously, I was I would start with the basics, kind of, but I started to get a little bit more advanced um, as I gained more experience. Um, and I feel like that does come to the confidence as well. Um, obviously, uh, you get a bit nervous at the start. You probably know yourself, but as you get used right. to it, um, just gaining confidence, really. You know, that was a big one for me: gaining confidence and and uh, experience and in, in the in the position. Anything. Anything you do more of, you're gonna earn. You're gonna learn, learn from, and gain experience, right? Absolutely, absolutely. So, t- talk us through the process now of getting the job at Monmouth, and and you know just ex- explain how that whole process happened, and kind of you know how we were talking before, what a difference a, a year makes. Yeah, so I know we definitely talked offline what a difference a year can make. Um, so yeah, I'm literally just going about my business at Arsenal and kind of working in the retail store. And I get a call from a good buddy of mine now, uh, Eric Konofsky. Uh, so he was a Monmouth alumni. Uh, we connected when I was at St. Peter's. Um, did, I knew, did you guys play against each other? We played against each other a couple of times. So my yeah. junior and senior year, he's the same year. So junior right. and senior year, we played against each other. So I knew him. Um, you know, I saw his name on Twitter every week as the Matt goalkeeper of the week. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I knew who he was. Um, right. So he reached out and basically said there was an opportunity there. Um, Alex Blackburn was the coach there and he'd gotten a job in South Carolina uh, with Greenville. So they were looking for, they were looking for a coach. Um, so it literally, honestly, it went so quickly. Um, I had a conversation with Eric and the next day, I was on on the phone with the associate head coach Hugh McDonald. Um, and the day after that, I then after I spoke to Hugh McDonald, I was on the phone with the head coach Rob McCourt. Um, and then about a week later, I was on campus. You know, they were doing summer camp, so I went round, met the coaching staff, um, got got a tour of the campus, um, and then about two weeks after that was the first day of preseason. So. It literally all came so quickly, um, and thanks to Eric, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have this opportunity without Eric. So shout out to Eric. 
Yeah, right. Yeah, shout out Eric. Um, wow, that's awesome. That is awesome. I mean, yeah, I mean, just the connections and just being a goalkeeper, you know, it's a it's a crazy thing. But so let, so in your first year at Monmouth, what you know, what were kind of the thoughts or the emotions running through? I mean, you're you're obviously a great coach and a great person, and now you're stepping into a Division One environment with no experience. You know, what were your first steps, and what was kind of the first couple of things that you wanted to do to make sure that their their current keepers uh, bought into you and, and your style of coaching? Yeah, so the first couple of things I honestly done was I reached out to the keepers in the program and just kind of introduced myself. So I wasn't I wasn't really showing up um, without them knowing me or knowing who I am as a person. Kind of giving them a little bit of an idea about what I wanted from them. Um, it's actually funny because obviously I like I said I got the job about a month before preseason. So like in my head I'm planning. I'm planning kind of for a preseason. So I have, obviously, I have about a month to plan the first session. Um, and obviously, all my, in my mind, I wanted to show up, have this first session be the best session of my life. Um, right. <laughs> because literally, it's, it's my, my first time, you know, stepping into onto the field as Division One head coach. You know, I'd, um, I'd play the St. Peter's. It's funny because I played against Monmouth, so I'm now... Right, it's now a conference rival, and I'm now working there, so it's kind of funny. But no, I was super excited and very nervous. It was like like I was going in, like I said, talking about Arsenal. Definitely nervous, kind of thinking, you know, I have no experience. How am I going to be? Um, and I planned planned that session for like a month. You know, as I said, I wanted it to be the best session I've ever done in my whole life. Um, and I remember the first day we're in the warm up, um, going through the session, and I remember forgetting the session like I got so nervous <laughs> that I'd forgot it and I'm like how can I in my head I'm like how am I forgetting this session I planned it for a month um this is going to be the best session of my life um and I forgot it because I'm so nervous you know I didn't write it down right. like I just I had it written down like somewhere but I didn't bring the paper you know because I, I don't know um but I forgot it so I'm like going for the session and I just start like you know we just start going through it and I'm like all right, I'm going to have to adapt here. Like this is my first, this is my first test here. Like I don't know what my session was, so I'm going to have to adapt. So I ended up putting on a good session, um, you know, and I, I got to know, got to know the keepers a lot more. You know, those three of them. Um, a big thing, big thing for me at the start, obviously, was as I said, I introduced myself through like Instagram, but I just wanted to to get to know, get to know them as people. You know, I don't want to show up twice a day or once a day in, in the season and just coach them. I want to know them as people. I want to know their interests. I think that's a massive thing is to get to know them as people, like have formed that connection with them. Um, not, not so much be their buddy, but literally right. kind of gain that level of respect where, you know, you can kind of banter, you know, we have this little goalkeeper union. Uh, For sure. Where we'll, we'll kind of banter and ask about what they've done in the weekend, how their classes are going. Um, but I think that was the biggest thing for me. And and like I said, I was super nervous going in. But after about two or three days, you know, the, the head coach, the associate head coach, they all they all were so nice to me. Um, and every single day I set foot on campus, I was learning. You know, even if I was doing 30 minutes of a goalkeeper session, I would I would watch the other hour, and hour of the session with the field player. So I was learning so much about goalkeeping and obviously the flip side, learning about college soccer because it's so it's funny because it's so different as a player like you know you think of yourself as a, a college soccer player 
But when you turn into a coach, there's so much stuff that you don't see as a player. Yep. Um, there's so much that goes on and you're just like, wow, like this is all the stuff that actually goes on. Like, you know, if I could go back and tell my head coach, like, uh, wow, you actually do a lot. <laughs> like as a, right. as a player, you just think, you know, you're just showing up to campus, you know, you're getting off the bus and you're playing like there's way more to it. Um, so actually being in that position now, I feel like you do have a lot more respect for the people that do it, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I mean, the, that transition from player to coach, it, it, it is kind of eye-opening because you don't, yeah, like you said, you just don't realize all the all the little things that, that these coaches do that go into, you know, yeah. planning sessions, preparing for a match and, you know, all, all, of all sorts. So, yeah. um, you know, what, so speaking of uh, coaching and the head coaches, what, what type of environment or what do these coaches at Mama do well to create such a, an environment that produces such high quality players? Um, that end up in MLS in the USL and playing at very high levels. I mean, their biggest thing is like their their head coach has been there for sixteen years, and the associate head coach has been there for about twelve. So they're kind of like they're super super well respected, um, and they've had such a winning program. Um, and I think just the way they recruit, you know, they want they want people on the campus that are winners. Um, they're looking for for a player. There's going to be good in the locker room. They're not. They're not per se looking for the best soccer players all the time. They're looking for good people. You know, they're looking for people that are going to grind out and they're going to win. Um, and they're just as people, they're just super educated in the game. Like they just know so much. Like Rob has so many connections. Um, he knows so much about the game, especially from being around around the game so long. And he just like. Obviously, he's been at Monmouth the whole time, so he's like a Monmouth man. He calls himself, so he knows mm-hmm. that he knows everything about the school. He knows everything about the conference. Um, they just have so much experience, and you know, for a, for a young guy like myself, like I'm, I'm learning off of them all the time. Even even the way that they go about doing the scouting reports, everything is just done so professionally. Um, I know I talked a little bit earlier about you know you you're treated as a full time pro, but you know, this is their full-time job. This is our full-time job too. So we're essentially full-time soccer coaches as well. So we're we're doing so much on that side of it too, you know. But again, they're set. They're setting our guys up to succeed. Um, we're putting them in the atmosphere where we want them to win, um, and we're we're there. We and they are there to help them do that. You know. Absolutely, absolutely. So. Um... As you're going through, and again, so we're we're talking about what a difference a year can make, you know. So what, where have you seen yourself grow too in this past year as a goalkeeping coach, as a Division One assistant? Um, you know, just from if you think back to, you know, it's one year you're at Arsenal, next year you're at Monmouth, and now again going into your second season at Monmouth. You know, from your last session at Arsenal to the sessions you're planning at Monmouth, um, you know, where have you seen yourself uh, mature and kind of develop your coaching style from? from arsenal yeah so the main thing i would say is the main quote i would use is time on the grass or time on the turf like the amount of time that i've had on the turf um is simply crazy like i've i've learned so much you know i'm i'm essentially you know i'm i'm coaching youth level arsenal and now i'm coaching essentially adults so again i'm going to say the word experience again i'm gaining experience every time i step on the field i'm the type of sessions that I'm doing are just a lot more advanced. Like I'm doing sessions now that 
I would never, ever have done at Arsenal. And I don't even know why. It's just simply from learning and watching the guys and gaining experience. Um, and just a lot more advanced. You know, I'm doing sessions that I think these guys need. Um, whereas at Arsenal and kind of all my other coaching, I'm doing sessions that I want and I think are going to be good. Whereas now I'm doing sessions that are beneficial for the goalkeepers at Monmouth. Um, you know, and, and I'm, I'm watching them every day. Like I'm, I'm watching them and training one day. And if I see something is poor, I'm going to sit down and design a whole session on that. Or if something happens in a game or, or we're scouting an opponent, you know, if they're, if they're, they're hitting in 20 crosses a game, I'm going to design a whole session on crosses. Whereas, you know, for a youth goalkeeper, I'm not essentially going to design a whole session on crosses with the youth level. So I think, right. like I said there, you know, time on the grass, I'm learning so much. Um, I also had the opportunity in the off season, um, you know, I was, I was talking about Eric. So Eric had, um, Eric had came back for off season and we were doing off season training together. So I was training Eric, who's at Toronto FC two. We had Dylan Castanero, who's at Inter Miami. Yeah. Um, yeah. We had Evan Loro, who was at Red Bulls, who's now at Tampa Bay Rowdies. I had Brian Meredith too. So like I was doing sessions with these Jeez, guys. That's a squad. <laughs> and it's like, you know, we call ourselves, you know, the, the New Jersey goalkeeper union, but I'm doing sessions with these guys. And I'm like, wow, like I'm literally coaching you guys. And and I learned so much from them in two right. months than I've ever learned on any coaching course on anything else that I've ever learned in my life. I learned so much in those two months from those four guys and simply just in the terms of the service I'm given, you know, I would do a drill and, and, you know, Brian would be like, you know, serve it in, like literally hit it. Or, you know, Eric would tell me how to do maybe something differently. Like they wouldn't, they wouldn't right. tell me I'm doing something wrong. They would just tell just me, could, yeah. do this a little bit better. You know, and just those little points. Awesome. Yeah. Like, I'm like, you can't kind of buy this knowledge. Like, I'm literally here. You know, I'm learning from these guys. I'm literally delivering sessions and they're respecting me and, and they're putting their all into these sessions, you know. And then after like two months, you know, I'm, I'm delivering these sessions and these guys are, are dead. They're buzzing off these sessions. I'm like, wow, I'm really delivering sessions for these guys. Like, I couldn't, this last year when I'm, when I'm still at UK Elite, you know, I'm I'm now doing sessions for MLS pros, USL right. Championship, USL League One guys, and it's like, wow, I'm I'm learning so much here. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, I want to come back to New Jersey next summer or next off season. Yeah, no, you honestly should. You should come back and uh, you should jump in the session and you can help. You can help us out. Uh, when you think yeah. about New Jersey, though, like there's a ton of pros in New Jersey. Like you got Matt Turner. Yeah, a ton. Matt Turner, ton. who's. Um, with the New England team. Revolution, right? You got Bobby yeah, Edwards, yeah. Dylan Castanera, Eric, um, Brian Meredith. There's so many guys. It's like it's like a hot pill for for goalkeepers. Um, it is, yeah, crazy. for sure. It's crazy. <laughs> it's awesome though. All right, so great. So last question uh, that I always like to ask everyone that comes on is, um, as we're wrapping up, when you're moving on from place or from team to team, whatever it may be, wherever you move on to next, what do you want to have? Your guys at Monmouth have said about you. Maybe what you know. What do you want 
the team at Arsenal to have said about you and the guys at UK Elite? You know, what's you know one thing that you could pick out that you want people to remember you by? That's a good question. Um, I would definitely say I want to be kind of known as someone who kind of, I don't know how to go about it, someone who knows what they're doing. I don't want someone to think, you know, I've had a bad session today or or that guy that guy doesn't really know what he's doing. I, I want to be known as someone who's educated, who's a good coach. Um, someone, I think a good word I like to use is respected. I definitely like to be respected. Mm-hmm. Um, I think people, if people respect me, they're going to, they're going to know who I am. They're going to listen to me. Um, they're going to take what I say. Um, and they're going to, you know, they're going to do it. You know, if I didn't have respect, um, it's something that you have to, to build up and, and gain. So I feel like if I have respect, you know, and these, and these kids like me as a person, uh, not just as a coach, like I said, I know I touched on it. I want them to like me as a person. I want to get to know them as a person too. I think it's so important when you, you're spending so much time with them, especially at college. You know, you're you're spending obviously essentially three months together, but you're literally together every single day for those three months. So I want to get to know them as people, and I want them to be comfortable around me. But yeah, to answer the question, I would definitely say um, I want to be respected. For sure, for sure, I love it. I love it. Well, Jamie, I appreciate you taking the time. This has been awesome. It's crazy that we've never officially met, and even though we've been in you know the same area for for so long, I know but, we know we've been uh, on Zoom calls and everything, but right. But uh, soon enough. But again, Jamie, I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Jesse. Thanks, buddy.